right, here we are um, on the Hellos podcast with some of my favorite people here in Flagstaff, Wayne McCormick and Terry Clark. Thank you for joining me today. You're welcome. Very welcome. One of, one of Flagstaff's real estate dream teams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we were, we were just jiving in about market a little bit. And I think um, here we are at the end of the year. And it's been a wild year. And I guess very, very personally, I mean, a lot of people have been listening to the news and trying to keep up with it. Um, what has been the weirdest when it comes to real estate? What's been the weirdest thing that you've had to deal with right now? I think it's the tempo. The tempo has been very sporadic. Yeah. You know, things kind of roll and then things kind of cool down a little bit and then it picks up a little bit. And, you know, the, the tempo has definitely been up. And yeah. I, I think, the, a little closer to I think okay. the weirdest thing has been for me, has been coming off of the last two years, three years, what you call the unicorn years. Yeah. Coming off of that into this market has just, it's really been different. Yeah. And, and the, the lack of predictability mm-hmm. has been really, really weird. And what did you say with the, with the tempo piece? Um, I mean, we, we can, you know, fairly comfortably understand going from 2% rates to 8% rates is what, what a lot of what you're talking about there, Terry, right. Is, um, is just that shift and how that dynamic has shifted markets. So rates are, um, and and I'd say possibly some client exhaustion impact as well. Right. If people kind of got tired of the bidding wars and the fast pace as well. And so that on top of rates, um, but is, would you say the tempo piece is primarily rates as well? Those are kind of yeah yo-yoed up and down. Definitely, you know, and I, I think the swing of confidence, buyer confidence, uh, kind of waning through the year a little bit, and then coming a little bit more positive. But it's there hasn't been enough of the economic variables to really push it to really build up buyer confidence to really want to step into the market full force. It's been like gradual steps towards the market, yeah. but not really making a commitment. Like, you know, I'm, I'm looking, I'm browsing, but they're waiting. They, they think that this market has a bubble to it. And where yeah. where's the adjustment in the housing market? Where I'm going to be ready, but when's that housing bubble going to happen, which it's not going to. Yeah, so Terry, if, you, if you're just listening, Terry's nodding her head over here like, <laughs> not going to happen. Not yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. What are you seeing then? from your standpoint um, and data and what, uh, and specifically to Flagstaff as well, that that's not going to happen. You know, it's the limited supply will be a continuing problem. Um, Housing affordability, unfortunately, is going to stay stubbornly high. Um, We're not going to see a big correction in the affordability uh, window, which is unfortunate. Um, But the limited supply is going to be chronic uh, in the market into next year and uh that's just that's going to be there for a while just because the seller uh sellers uh, are going to be not making any drastic moves uh kind of clinching up a little bit like they did for us in the third and fourth quarter of this year we really felt the sellers clinching up and not really making any moves unless they have to make a move out of the area Within that, though, you know, we've had, what did I just see then? As year-to-date, you know, historically speaking, we'd have, like, was it something like 12? Don't quote me on this, someone, some realtor looking at 
Lex is going to challenge me on this, but it was like last year, year to date was something like 1200 homes or 1100 homes. And we're like 800 ish right now, right? right. which doesn't, you know, on one end doesn't seem massive, but when that's like, you know, 25% reduction in sales, that's Mm -hmm. significant. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and so it is, how much is inventory still a culprit on that end here in Flagstaff? Terry can comment more about that because the buyer frustration is, is there in the market right now because there's not much supply to look at. Yeah. And they're, they're getting frustrated by, you know, there's nothing to really to look at. I don't agree with these prices. So they're kind of like taking a back step with us. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. I can't help, but I can't help but have a good laugh on this one because I'm thinking of, yeah, there's such limited choices. And the one choice that one of your clients had happened to be, you've seen step brothers, Uh right? (laughs) It happened to be, no, in an unfortunate situation, like the neighbor is, if, for those of you who've seen Step Brothers and see them yeah. like dressing up to try and make it so their brother can't sell a home, like you had some crazy person trying yep. it. Like it's just like there's not choice. And that person's looking for a home that you're showing it to is still looking because either the home doesn't exist or there's crazies next door. Certifiable crazies. <laughs> Don't part can't crazy is not a protected yeah. class by the way if you're just crazy i don't care what <laughs> just, oh man well and i yeah i mean i had to call that agent and just say uh yeah so we just got in the front door and left because and she goes i don't know what i'm gonna do with that neighbor yeah don't know so it's t- so are we are we seeing there's a little bit more inventory on right now than the first of the year mm-hmm. right? just a, just a little bit but, but just I a mean, little bit you know, the, the listing inventory adjustment, it'll get a little bit more positive for us in the first half of next year, but it's not going to be a big spike. Um, I, I don't anticipate a big spike, and, and, and prices will kind of stay a little stubborn. We're going to see a split market going on. We talked about this at our, uh, our, our Realty Exact sales meeting on Tuesday, is the split market. Some subdivisions will have a little bit of tempo to it that's consistent, and other uh, subdivisions will be very quiet. It's going to be a real pick-and-choose housing market, and uh, not surprising, we'll have some sellers and some subdivisions that won't get any showings, and two blocks away, the seller's getting a lot of showings. We're going to see a real split market. And I know it's hard, and I love that you brought that up because I think that's been fascinating to watch. Is it, it's, it's, very, it's been weird. Right. Like you mm-hmm. said, that's been one of the weirdest things that I've seen is like all of a sudden I have someone calling me saying, you know, we got bid out. Right. And then I have the other person saying, hey, you know, we got twenty thousand dollars worth of concessions and a five K price reduction or something. It's like right. these don't. How is this in the same market? So as far as I know, we can't fully predict. But what are the demand? You know, it's probably it's, it's supply and demand. Right. And so what are the demand pieces that you're seeing that, you know, people can say, hey, this neighborhood you know, has good tempo or because of its, you know, location or desirability or ability to do short-term rentals or what are we seeing? Is there any commonality that we can say that's what drives tempo right now? Sellers are going to have to work hard in this market right now. It's not going to be just price. Sellers are okay. going to have to work hard. They're going to have to go back to uh, where it's a leaner market condition type of mentality. Okay. Sellers are going to have to work a little bit harder in this market, not just on price, but a lot of things to get ready for the market because you, you can't might. just throw you j- can't just throw your house on the market and get it sold anymore yeah. you have to work at it you need to clean it up you need to paint it you need to you need to be 
market ready Mm -hmm. when you hit the market because like you say there's other people that are willing to wheel and deal and give you some concessions and you gotta you gotta put yourself in the right frame to to be seen to get out there i like it that's very tact uh well tactical advice on that front um and uh yeah as far as are there any would you say there's any like are there any like hot hot neighborhoods in Flagstaff or hot hot price points? <clears throat> well, I mean, you know, it's going to be the same core ones: Ponderosa Trails, University Heights, you know, Country Club, uh, pocket areas, and some of the older subdivisions: Coquino Estates, Cheshire. Jump it over to the base of Maldelda. So, I mean, there's some pocket areas that will still have some good, you know, uh, activity. Um, but right now. You know, some of the newer subdivisions may be commanding a little bit more buyer traffic because the buyers may say, I'm in the driver's seat. I'm not looking at a house that's 20 years old. I want to look at houses that are 10 years old or newer. That's it. Yeah. I'm in the driver's seat. They're going to exhaust all their possibilities with those sellers. They can't get what they're looking for. Then they may shift out into some of the older subdivisions. So, you know, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough challenge for the buyers agents. It won't just be, hey, let's look at all these houses in this price point. This agent's gonna have to be resourceful because they're gonna be picking and choosing a lot more uh, with these market conditions for a while. And as best as you can say from your just anecdotally from your last year, who is buying? Are these first-time home buyers, second home buyers, investors? Do you have kind of a mix of it all? What What are you guys dealing with primarily? We didn't really have many investors. We had uh, we had a few first-time home buyers, which is shocking, um, and then people that are relocating to the area. Um, we talked before. I think I talked with you about it. My move-up buyers have been non-existent this year. Yeah. Um, Nobody wants to get rid of that interest rate. So yeah. move ups, and I think that's affected the supply. You know? For sure. Nobody's, nobody's playing chess. Nobody's moving. Everybody's just setting. And from a standpoint, and I do think, you know, we can talk about that more, but I, I think that that will be a big factor on both ends that we'll see as we head. And, I, you know, as early it could as we head into a lower rate environment, which we don't know exactly, you know, we've already seen a big reduction from the peak rates in this last October. Um, but as as we head into a lower interest rate environment, I do think we'll see relief on both ends with that move up buyer, right? We'll see more inventory available. Right. We'll see more buyer activity in action. So be interesting to see how that plays out because it will both help and hurt, right? Because there's more demand in the market, right. hopefully more inventory. Um, from the seller standpoint, though, like, all right, so if we're not seeing move up buyer from your listing standpoint, are those just folks that are, you know, getting out of Dodge and moving yep. town primarily? Well, and I want to say, too, we're talking about move up buyers. It's kind of a double edged sword. Like there isn't that big rush to move up. But at the same time, this would probably be one of the best times for them, because when rates drop and they want to move up, then then the the supply is going to be, you're going to be back into, I hope we don't get into bidding wars, but you're not going to get those concessions or be able to negotiate as well as you can right now. So it is, it is, people don't want to move 
But when they do want to move, it's going to be tough again. And it's been an interesting market because like 600 to a mil has been really sluggish. Not a lot okay. of movement yeah. in there, right? That's but that then a million, kind of range, then a million yeah. to three turnkey products gone. Yeah, really? yeah. So I mean, we've million, seen, yeah. yeah, we've seen, and yeah, I'm not, I'm not talking just golf course gated communities. I'm talking county properties where, you know, 1.5, 2 million. We're seeing them. They're turnkey, great location, and they're they're going off the shelf at a pretty good timely pace. So it's like below 600. Some pretty good movement there, but 600 to a mil, that's our real sluggish kind of trudging through. You got a turnkey house, great location, nice upgrades. You can get some more attention, but the 600 to a mil is really a tough market right now to, to move some inventory. I don't mind, immediate mind, as we just kind of speculate on it, is, is that mil plus, is that more of that opportunistic, you know, second home buyer? Investor, I think, it's a li- I think we've seen them. They're more lifestyle people, aren't they? Right. I mean, they, they saw the right product and they've been thinking about it and they just ready to go because it's what they wanted. These well, interest rates aren't affecting them. Interest rates and inflation, right? Because yeah. it's, if it's that lifestyle buyer, it's like, okay, we've talked about this before, right? Of like, all right, you know, your grocery bill is going up like 20, you know, 10, 20% or something. And, you know, that middle class buyer and flag staff that really is in that move up market of 600 to a million is that middle class buyer right. and that impacts them a little bit more right versus their lifestyle buyer it's like okay you know they're gonna have to cancel maybe one of their cancun trips but right. they'll still be able to buy the house so I, th- I wonder if it's just very very budget and inflation heavy right now do you have a lot of people at, you know talking about the stress of the economics right now to you guys or not necessarily you hear a lot of buyers economically concerned and well i listen to my kids all the time (laughs) yeah they're economically concerned absolutely you know i everyone everyone that knows me knows i've got three teachers and flagstaff in my family and yeah i mean 10 percent, 15 percent on your grocery bill it affects what they can and can't do yeah it everybody's working oh yeah it's rough i was out with this youth group and we were going through the dairy queen and I was ordering oh. six, like, Lizards. dipped cones. <laughs> six, just, like, dipped cones. And I'm thinking it's, like, 50 cents a cone or something. And she just says, like, well, this is, like, $35 at the window. And I start pulling up. And I was like, wait, $35 at the window? And then one of the one of the 14-year-olds in the back says, yeah, it's, like, four bucks a cone. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> I'm like, what? It's, like, it's, how did we go from 50 cents to $4? Like, yeah. and so, yeah, it, 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 I think, you know, those realizations, it does – it's on a lot of people's minds right now too, so yeah. I think that's part that, of. I think that you know, and that's why the six hundred thousand to the mill is, is right is a tough. It's tough, tough because market. that's where a lot of the residents of Flagstaff can want to buy in, but when the grocery bills up, utility bills are up, everything's up. Car prices bud- right now, and their and their budgets being strained. I think you see they don't want to talk buying another house. Yeah. They're just trying to buggle buckle in to see if they can get a little bit better yeah. or do they have a wage increase or to see south. if they can stay in flex yeah i mean they're yeah. they're looking to see if there's potential to get a wage increase a salary increase or better career opportunities here and i think if those aren't all clicking for them then they're 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 not expressing interest in the housing market they may yeah. be expressing interest in other housing markets outside the flex area because they're just like we've we're maxed out. 
We, yeah. we can't live in this community comfortably. And, you know, we get a lot of these stories firsthand, too, because of our support with Habitat. And yeah. the Habitat dedications, we meet the recipients. We understand there's 600 applications to get a Habitat house. Um, it's, it's, a, it's appalling what Were these people six? are struggling with yeah. on daily expenses to try to live in Flagstaff. And then when you go down to that level and the affordable housing and Realty Executives has been a strong sponsor of Habitat for a long time, and we're at every ceremony and dedication and meeting these families, it, it's a struggle to live in this community. Was it 600? I thought it was over 600 applicants for that first home that they did there. Yeah, it's like 620 it was or wild. something. It yeah. was crazy. And so, and that's, you know, so comparing numbers out here, right? There's <laughs> over 600 applicants for a... Uh, for this specific, and if you guys, we actually had um, Eric Wolverton on the podcast oh, yeah. um, last yeah. year, yeah. talked right. about that project right. in Butler. So anyone listening, yeah. you know, rewind into I think it was the fall last year, almost a year yeah. ago, maybe the spring that we had him on talking about that that uh, really neat project that they've done, where it allows it's really that move up. The idea is helping someone build a down payment, get into the housing market. So super super cool, but they've done. One house here on Butler. They're doing a second, right? Yeah, it's, it's done. It's it done. done. Uh -huh. Very cool. Yeah. And so, but yeah, you have 600 people applying for it. You have 800 homes that have sold in Flagstaff. I mean, these numbers are staggering of the number of people that need and want affordable housing. Mm -hmm. I know the city's got their mandate and everything, and it's just, uh, yeah. We're getting ready. How many are they doing out at Timberline? 40. Yeah. They're going to do 40 out there. Habitat will be doing 40? 40 mm -hmm. in the Timber Sky. Timber so. Sky. Yeah, oh, the Vintage really? Development Company was so gracious to dedicate land for yep. Habitat. Wow. And they're going to build a build out there in the Timber Sky off a project right. off of Woody Mountain Woody Road. Woody Mountain, 40 of them. And just, you know, it was, it was great. The city followed the lead and was very cooperative to, you know, make this all work because we could have had more green belt, but yeah. that's not addressing. And, and uh, <coughs> uh, Mr. Uh, vintage development company came through and dedicated the land to habitat so now they wow. have land and westpac uh, construction has been gracious to help set uh, set up the foundation stem wall and do all the dirt work all the hookups yeah and then coquino community college builds the units with the owners with swing and hammers and, and then they transport them out and these tiny home tiny homes are, are the way to go and uh uh it's uh, it's been a great program for ccc and uh expanding their construction management program and so you know it's it's moving a lot of cogs in the community so yes. we're really proud to be part of that yeah but when you get exposed to that you're like this is a tough community to live in oh and, yeah and to raise a family in and you can kind of feel the the strain so you just kind of feel really gracious when you can work with hard-working families that want to stay committed to home ownership and flagstaff and that yeah. will be the interesting turning key next year is how many of those families want to step into home ownership or do a move up by or or make a change or they can stay in stalemate mode on us like they did in the third and fourth quarter of this year you know i i think it's not just flagstaff <coughs> where sure. it's tough to live i mean you look at everywhere you look at everywhere my little hometown in kentucky mm. everything has gone through the roof yeah. So it's not just Flagstaff who's struggling. It's pretty much everywhere, unless you go somewhere really rural. I first, so we, we first came to Flagstaff in 2009, my wife and I, and it, uh, 
I remember when, so she's from Mesa, and when we were bought our first home in 2010, I remember like her kind of like, wow, you know, we could get oh. an extra like, 800 square foot in a pool and a yard because we bought a little town home, and we could know we could have a single family detached home plus more square footage plus a pool. But even that difference has tightened up. It's that's mm-hmm. interesting too, right? I wish I had a stat on it to say like <coughs> the valley has gotten a lot closer than it ever has to, to, to Flagstaff. Our prices, right? Mm-hmm. Like almost, it seems like, and this is purely anecdotal, but it seems like it was almost half sometimes, like, right? You can, exactly. You can get something for half in different locations. And, and now it's like, well, you know, maybe it's a 20% reduction, 30% reduction, but it's not 50 anymore. Right. And I mean, in the townhouse market was really our entry level uh, first time buyer market. That's all they could really afford was townhouses. Now the townhouse prices have escalated so high, they can't even get into that market anymore so and now they're location now, that, those, now right? they're in condos or they're in manufactured homes more and yeah. it's like they just feel like they're being robbed of of what they think is uh you know affordable home ownership experience that they should have you know they yeah. hear all the stories from everybody like oh yeah my first house was a townhouse that's where i started out and they're like <laughs> yeah we can't afford a townhouse. Yeah. we can afford a manufactured home and so you know there's some fr- struggles for our first-time home buyers in this market for and, sure uh, you know some some uh, uh, are staying committed and we're working with them and uh you know we're finding some good opportunities for them and they've been able to negotiate some great terms from the seller because the seller needs to sell the seller has to move forward so sellers like what can i do to make this happen so we've had some buyers that have gotten some great opportunities yeah 2024 is gonna be a fantastic year in a lot of ways because i think the biggest thing is normalcy you know, when people see ups and downs and swings and now that price is high and now that, you know, there's maybe a little coming off and what what's normal, right, is is because we don't deal with markets normally, right? People walk into the grocery store and want eggs to be this price pretty consistently, a TV at Walmart to be X price pretty consistently. But when they see rates and home prices and all this shift, I think that that plays into a lot of just, hey, let things settle out, let the chaos stop. And I think we'll, we'll be very much, especially with what we're seeing from the Fed and everything, I'm very optimistic on that, that we'll get to some normalcy. And I think that that will lead into a lower rate environment, but it will be catching a falling knife because just like you're saying is right now we have seller motivation, but if we then see more buyer motivation pick up and already what's a fairly stiff market, it's not like you're getting houses 50% off. Mm -hmm. That's, I think, where a lot of people need to be talking to experts and and sorting through this right now. Well, I just, you know, the buyers we have, they're they're staying committed, but... Uh, with the resources we can provide to them, they can get additional information about through you uh, on the rates going down, how much more their purchasing power is increasing as these rates shift down. And that gives them some motivation to stay active in the market. And and I think that plays into, uh, it's, it's a tragedy that I see play out, unfortunately, a lot of times where I, you know, I can have buyer A and buyer B and both are equally qualified. Both are equally wanting, you know, needing this for their goals, their family, their plans, and wanting to get into housing. But because of their choice of professionals and, and, and place of trust in those experts, because this is not something people learn in school or something that they do every day. Um, you that, certainly don't learn it in real estate school. And you don't even <laughs> learn it in real estate school. That, you know, buyer A could be getting into a house this spring, you know, made the timing right, worked it out right, you know, right. Be, you know, we know you and I cannot time 
exact housing markets and rate markets and everything, but we can work within our best advice. And, and you know, they could be moving in and settling in having the best summer of their lives, whereas buyer B could be, you know, kicking tire still, kicking tire still, and, like, right. almost got it, almost got it for months. <clears throat> right. Right? Yeah, because the agent can prepare them, right, to be active in the market. The agent was like, okay, let's go look. Oh, don't have much. Uh, we'll keep looking, you yeah. know. And, and not really stating why some of these listings may have been good good options just to poke around on yeah. to understand the neighborhoods maybe, yeah. you know. And they've, they're, just, they're just not engaged enough into the, with the buyer to help them understand, well, that house didn't particularly work, but what about the subdivision? What about the area? Maybe gaining some insight to get them like, hey, you know, thank you so much because we have some buyers that we educate and they're like, that house didn't work, but man, I love this area, you know? Sure. Hey, we get a new listing in here, man, let's go. They're ready yeah. to go. There's they're char- they're charged yeah. up, you know? Yeah. Because now it's not just the house, but it's the area, it's the subdivision, the schools, uh, you know, there's all like types of dynamics, but you know, Terry's been with them and exploring some options. And all of a sudden they're like, they get a smile on their face because they know they found the right area, but they just have to find the right house. So there's, there's, there's some motivation coming into the gleam of their eyes where, you know, if, if you didn't have some of this information being shared with them and giving them some good resource of information to ponder and, and, and contemplate, then, you know, they're, they could just be, you know, kind of like, okay, I'm just going to focus on the house, and they're not really engaged. They're more like, that didn't work, yes, no, and they get into a yes, no format. No, that house yeah. does work. Let's go look at it. No, I don't like it. Let's wait for the next house, and it just gets into this yes, no format, and you don't have any engagement of a buyer who really is motivated to really go for it. Yeah. You know what I think, too? I was talking to a trainer at the gym the other day. She is paying $3,000 a month for a condo in rent. And I don't, they don't know what they can and can't do. I said, girl, why? (laughs) Girl, why are you not looking to buy something? Yeah. I don't know how to do that. I'm like. Well, I can tell you. Yeah. It, it, it's just the fear, the unknown. No one knows how to go about buying a house. And I was at the eye doctor yesterday, and the little gal just got married. And she's. I said, you have got to do something if you're going to stay in Flagstaff. Absolutely. You cannot wait. And she goes, well, what do you do? I said, yeah, here. Here's my card. It, it's not as hard as, but people are just fearful of the whole process, you know, the yeah. whole dynamic of it. They, but $3,000 a month for a condo, I was just, and she signed a two-year lease. I'm like, oh, my gosh. But she signed, I said, why would you do that? Rent has been going up 20% every time she has to renew her lease. Ooh. So she's like, it made money sense for me to sign a two-year lease. And, and you don't know what you don't know. But that's, I come down, I say this all the time here on the podcast, is 
talk to experts. There's people that are ready and willing to talk to you that have been around the block a lot of times. And that's, that's where I think if we got really pointed and I'm curious to see your guys' perspective on this of like, you know, what are the top three things that make a real estate professional, you know, the, and honestly, you know, the 1%, we want to be working with, you can be working with any one of the like 600 plus agents and flag staff of which, and I'm going to say this just off the cuff, then 80% of them have sold less than one home a month. Yeah. Right. Or what, or maybe a even one a year. One a year. Yeah. yeah. You'd be surprised. There's probably about 400 of them that only sell one house a year. Yeah. And so to say like, awesome that, you know, a lot of people choose relationally. And I think that's that, that can benefit sometimes, right. If they know you, but is that person have the, the full package? You mentioned one of the things I think is really, really key on my side of things is someone that creates opportunity, not waits for opportunity. Right. Someone that's willing to say, Hey, let me help understand your situation and I'm going to teach you some, some things and help you understand some things so we can create a brand new opportunity and a way to see your housing and life that could be hugely impactful instead of like, you know, we're going to wait for you to come to us and wait right. for you to tell us what you want and wait for you to point out which home, right? Those, those, you know, those agents are not successful in this market. It's been very much of make your own luck and make your right. own luck for your buyer market. What would you guys say are then you know, with the top two to three other things that people should be looking at, asking, uh, you know, looking for in their real estate professional or asking about the real estate professional to know if they're on the right bus for next year. I think we have a good number of buyers that would get into you as quick as possible because they have bad budgeting, you know. They're, they're not looking at the down payment that they need to have for the purchase. And getting that done in the early stages, uh, cleaning up some bad credit items, open credit lines, and they just don't know. And they don't realize how much time it takes. And then some of them have income tax extensions for five years. (laughs) <laughs> what you can't use, you know? And yeah, so yeah. you're like... Those are your buyers. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's just a matter of, you know, once they're in with you, then, you know, there's six months right there sometimes of just tidying up the financials, getting them ready. How can we improve Absolutely. their credit yeah. scores? And I mean, there's some high paying professionals we work with and they make, you know, six digits plus, but their credit sucks. You know, and we've had a couple of those buyers in the past and you literally had to work with them on their credit for a full year to get their credit up in order to buy. Yeah, they're making $250,000 a year, $200,000 a year. There's no problem there, but their credit's not in good shape. So, you know, you've spent, you know, we had one a while back. You spent, I think, almost a year and a half getting their credit up to where they could have a mortgage, you know, and they just, they just didn't, you know, they, they got through and made their obligations, but they weren't very good on their bookkeeping and, you know, getting that going. So, and I think the other times too is when they see the higher interest rates at seven and a half or 7.75, and now we can come in and tell them, hey, interest rates are 7.2. Chris is going to give you an email update that that gives them encouragement that they're starting to have some purchasing power back because they've been you know, there for a while, but it it's taking a little bit longer to get these buyers ready to go because they want to buy, but they have some pieces of the jigsaw puzzle that needs to get put into place better so they can be a more qualified buyer in the market. And I think that's going to be more the buyer base we're working with. 
because the buyers who got pushed out of the market, uh, buyers who maybe were just told, no, you know, you're not in good shape to buy a house. And they got some rejection pretty quick by not the best resources to go to, just re-motivating them to step back in because they really do want to buy. But something happened in the past that demotivated them. So I think we're going to have more of those buyers coming into the market this year because they're going to start to hear, hey, it's a buyer's market. Now I might have a chance. And now we got to take them with that marginal positive enthusiasm and we got to recharge them up a little bit to get them more motivated and then they're going to be an active buyer. So it's going to be a little bit more work with the buyer base uh, this coming year too. I don't think we're going to have all these buyers with the perfect credit, large down payments rolling in the door. We're going to have the ones with the three and a half percent, five percent down, maybe at the most. We're going to be dealing with more of those buyers. Well, I think, and I, I couldn't agree with what you said more there, especially in the sense of the, the times have changed, mm-hmm. right? No one's got the button on this. No one's got the switch. We don't see like, hey, we're going to snap our fingers and be back in 2015 market conditions mm-hmm. with our rates and prices. Like things have changed. So I couldn't agree with you more in that the buyer today simply has to be better than the buyer three, four years ago, right? You're going to have to tighten up that budget a little bit more. You're going to have to be a little wiser in your discretionary spend, on your credit card budgeting, on what you're doing with your FICO. Because a lot of folks, you know, not not that they necessarily had better downs before, but it's like they could afford more house with 3% down. You might need to save 5% to hit your budget goals, right? right. You're, you're going to need a longer runway to hit the, your goals than just like, you know, talking with the spouse at night and you decide to buy a house and then you're under contract 24 hours. That's not going to be as easy, right? right. Most people are going to need, like you say, engage early, educate with the professionals and get that plan going. And maybe, you know, maybe you're only a three-month plan, maybe only a one-month plan, but could be a six to 12-month to really hit where you want to go, but let's get you on it. Right. Yeah, yeah so it's going to be work on both sides. Seller's going to have to work a little bit harder. Yep. We're going to have to work a little bit harder on our side to get our buyers engaged and get them more pre-qualified and more solid as buyers and uh yeah so both sides of the stick are going to have to work a little bit a little bit uh you know a little bit more diligent in 2024 to make things happen yeah now what, what are your thoughts there what makes a great agent different than a good well i can just speak for ourselves <laughs> you, you know my big thing in this town and i i was telling wayne Um, I got snappy with an agent during the thick of the craziness with all these multiple offers. So out of character for me. And I have dwelled on it for two years. And I just finally apologized to her. And she was just laughing. She goes, Oh, my gosh, I got over that. But you gotta, you gotta have those relationships. I think if your agent doesn't know their lender, doesn't know their title, doesn't know the other agents are dealing with. It's a unique area up here. I mean, I probably, I would say I know 90% of everybody I work with. So just having an agent that has a good base and has been kind to most everybody except that one time I lost. (laughs) That one time I snapped back and I still fell for it. I think that's very important, you know, just someone that's connected in the community, not someone that 
just drove up from the valley to show you a house. You know, you, yeah. our whole business, I feel, is built on relationships. And I know it's hard to believe that our feelings ever get hurt, <laughs> but I've called him crying more than once. Oh, no. and, and he has never called me crying, but he has called me and said, can you believe? I mean, we put so much into our clients as far as they're trusting us with their financial, what we know about their financials, what we know about their families. I mean, it is a real commitment. And I think that's what sets us apart, you know, <laughs> is just the repeat people um, that keep coming back. Wayne goes far deeper than I do because his dad's been around forever. But, yeah, just having a human connection with everybody in the community I think that's a plus for me. Yeah. We have great co-brokes with a good core agent base in mm-hmm. the MLS. I guess that's the way to put it. Yeah. And the core agent base are the producers. They're full-time. They, they're experienced. They've had the proper training. We have great co-brokes with them. The new agents that have no broker training, they're a struggle, but our objective is whoever we represent, buyer or seller, we got to make the deal happen. Yeah. And how many times Terry's had to train the other agent to get their job duties done so we can make it happen. Yeah. And it's just that they stepped into the market thinking, oh, just get my license, it'll happen. And there's no training with their brokerage. They're out there running wild with a client. And it's really sad because there's a lot of times we see contracts and we have to tune them up a little bit. And we're like, oh, my gosh, if we didn't spend this much time, if this buyer knew what a disaster case buyer agent they're working with, they'd be shocked. But oh, yeah. we wanted to make the deal work because it was in our best interest for our client that we were representing. So, you know, it, it's I think that pack of agents are going to fall out this year because they didn't do much this year. So we'll have some agent base falling out of the market. I'll trim our numbers down. But as we spoke in our sales meeting on Tuesday, we're anticipating a glut of Phoenix agents coming up here oh. trying to put a deal together because they can't get the business going in Phoenix. Oh, the no. Phoenix market's going to be lean this year. And, hey, oh, you're going to flag? You want to buy a second home? I'm going with you. Oh, they're going to yeah. be jumping in the car. And we're going to have to be, as an agent base, we're going to have to be more disciplined to control them. Because they're going to come in stronger this year. We had more this past year than we've seen, we've had to work with. They were listing properties up here, had no clue what they were doing. Because they're trying to grab any listing they can because they didn't have any listing base down in the valley. And it it was tough working with them because they're like, we just closed one just recently, and she's quoting us labor prices for painters out of Phoenix. Oh, like, gosh. this is Flagstaff. Yeah. She's quoting us floor covering install rates from Phoenix. We're like, this is Flagstaff. Yeah. And the house was a disaster. Mm-hmm. And it was just like she was always fighting with us based on what she knew about Phoenix. So like, this is Flagstaff. It's a totally different market. And for some reason, and she did a disastrous job for her seller, but we had the buyer and we had to make it work and we got some great concessions out of the seller and her, but it's like, they're going to be scrambling. And so the, the local agent base is going to have to be very disciplined of how to control these Phoenix agents and not get mowed over because 
they're they're coming in aggressive, and we dealt with some aggressive ones this year. And we're like, we don't cooperate that way. We had no. to put them into position, and they're just like, you know, unlock the door and I'm in. I'm like, it doesn't work that way. We got to validate who you are, why you're here, and all this. And like, why are we doing this? I have a buyer, and they think we should just be racing out there to unlock the doors for them, and it doesn't work that way. So our agent base here is going to have to control this Phoenix agent base because they're not getting the listings down in Phoenix. They're scrambling for business, and they're going anywhere they can now. And we really have prepped our agents at our office to be ready to get them under control because they're going to be coming in strong in the spring and the early summer, we anticipate. Yeah. So if they can't spell cistern or they can't tell you what a private road maintenance agreement is, right? There's so many different things we could go into S-I-S. on like that. That's the thing is like little things. You might think, oh, tomato, tomato. No, this is not this a house is not a house is not a house. Flagstaff is not Phoenix. Yeah. The things we deal with that you might you know, and this is the craziest thing that we've seen this play out horribly, right? When people get the wrong expertise and they're like, oh, I, you, know, it, you know, it's just they, they minimize things and they think it's everything's the same or everything's whatever. And you're like, no, some of these things are huge. And, and you know, you, they come up from the valley. They sell them a home out in Belmont. They don't know that this particular street in Belmont is the cutoff for high-speed internet and the rest of it's low speed and you work yeah. from home. Guess what? You're now trying to find office space in Flagstaff because you can't even get connected to the World Wide Web as fast as your employer needs you to, yeah. right? And that's like, um, miss that one, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's just, it, there are, it's, you know, if you're local, you know, you know not that we uh, dislike other people. <laughs> like, you know, you know, we love all human beings, but no, Phoenix agents are not Flagstaff agents. We, no. you see those local stickers on bumpers for a reason, and that's a well, big one, Yeah. right? Um, I would no sooner go to the <laughs> valley and try to sell a house than. Yeah. Are you going to manage pool situations? <laughs> oh my yeah. God. I'm just like, what yeah. are you thinking? Yeah. yeah. So just different locations for yeah, sure. Yeah, And they think we're a member of armless and they're like, you know, why isn't my super box not key working? Yeah. Like we're in a different super box system. Yep. And it's just like, oh, I thought you were part of armless. I feel like, no, we're not. <laughs> it's just crazy the questions we have to deal with. And the yeah. attitude with them is unbelievable. It's not like, you know, Terry deals with it a little bit more on the front lines. But, man, there's some of them that are very nice. They're understanding they're stepping into a different market, and they want to work cooperatively. And there's some in there that just act like you're in Scottsdale, and we got to roll now, oh. and, you know. <laughs> Coming. So, yeah. Oh, too funny. Yeah, I just had Vince clean for a Two hundred dollars. I'm like, well, here's our bid. Here's our bid for painting. Air, I mean, just know. had to fight the whole way. Yeah. Your bring your painters up here then. Party yeah. on. I. You can't yeah. do this. Yeah. But yep. yeah. It, I love that reality check. Well, and it just you know it's so important. Is a common theme. Is part of our relationship is working with experts makes all the difference, right? And that's mm. is that like. I actually, I wasn't planning on setting up realty executives like that, but what's realty executives where the experts are? Right? Well, uh, and the thing unique about us is we're not just doing, we're, we're training every week. Yeah. I mean, we're having a meeting. We're, we are learning something every week. I mean, I, there's a joke around the office every time we do something, I'm like, what does that have to do with real estate? <laughs> but it, I mean, because you learn something new, yeah. and some of these agents that just 
you know, they get their license and that's it. Yeah. And yeah, you got to you got to continue your education, your training. You've got to nurture the relationships you have. Yeah. And that's where we stand apart. Yeah. Well, I think people got to interview like this is one of the biggest jobs they hired someone on to do because this right. is one of the biggest investments of their life yep. versus just like, oh, you know, you look nice or you yeah. drive a nice car. <laughs> like, well, yeah, you know, I did so. pick my first Flagstaff agent out of a magazine <laughs> and I told her, I, I just like really like your picture. Now I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> but. Anyway. The 90s was so much simpler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It worked out good. I think we she had 200 a, agents back in the early 90s, you know. She, so. was, a good, she was a good agent. She, she got yeah. lucky. She did got pick a, a veteran experienced agent yeah. that was okay. trained by real executives when she first started out, and then she left our office. But, yeah, yeah you know, we're one of the oldest brokerages here in town. And, uh, you right. know, and the, it, it, over, you know, hundred some years of veteran experience in our office to guide our agents correctly on their transactions. And, yep. and uh, you know, our agents know to, hey, I hit a, a speed bump. How do I resolve this? Um, you know, like yesterday, we have two agents that got a great deal going together, but they have a foundation issue and they need to know, how do I steer this? You know, we got to yeah. get the foundation corrected. But the buyer's fine if the foundation's corrected. Seller's willing to pay for it to get. But how we pull this together, you know? So you gotta, you know. And they were there at the end of our sales meeting, like we got a problem. How yep. are we gonna resolve this? And you know, uh, with the veteran agent base and the broker, and you know, Gary Nelson, our our sidekick, uh, delegated broker, it's always there. Uh, he, you know. And might I say, they never lose. <coughs> Whoever yeah. they go up against on a dispute. If, yeah. if, if, if you've got the advice from Wayne and Gary, you can rest assured you're, the bank. you're going to yeah. be okay yeah. if you got a, if you got an issue. <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, we're really proud. Our, our agents are very well trained and, uh, what we bring in for resources to tap into and, uh, you know, every deal gets a little different. And so, uh, you know, they realize, you know, nothing, no transaction repeats itself. And we always prepare them every Tuesday. And so, you know, we, uh, we, we feel great. Our agents are happy. And uh, another reason why we have a low turnover agent base at our office, we got, we got a great, great thing going. And the give back to the community. There's no other office in town that gives back. Literally, I don't even know who all we give to, but it, it the list is <laughs> it's this on the back long. Of the yeah, 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 it's huge. It. And, just the sense of community. I mean, Deb and Wayne just feel big time about giving back, and we give and give and give. I love it. That's awesome, you guys. Well, no, it's if you're in the right hands or if you're in Wayne and Terry's hands, you're going to have a great 2024. Yeah. It's going to be a good year for those that are invested and in taking it seriously. And thanks for coming on the podcast, you guys. You're welcome. Right. Bye, Chris. Bye. Bye. Bye.